welcome to In the Loop. I am super excited to have my new friend, uh, Latanya Washington, joining us today. And um, Latanya, I just want you to maybe let the group know a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this work uh, that we all love so much in Agile and Scrum? And also, how did, how did we meet? Because I, I, I like our meeting story. So welcome, Latanya. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. I'm super excited to be here with you. I really am. Um, a little bit about me. My background is technology, HR, and training for the past almost 20 years. So my career started as a paralegal in HR litigation, and hence that's how I got all, everything about HR employment litigation. You asked me, I know it. I did it for a really, really long time. I was working in law firms, and there was a need to implement technology because we were still using like old WordStar. And I'm dating myself here. I know that. But we weren't up to the desktop computer yet, so I took that on as my challenge. I was managing cases and implementing technology all along, and then I went and took a couple of classes for adult learning and started teaching all about the technology. And fast forward, I find my space in a technology training space focused on things like PeopleSoft and um, ERP systems and that kind of thing. Um, I, my past, two, past almost nine, 10 years have been working in an agile environment. I was with AIG and AIG tossed between HR and IT during my entire tenure with the organization. But AIG went on a journey to agility formally about 2013. And so one of the requirements is everyone had to first learn all about Scrum, all about what it means to be agile. And then if you were part of a team, you had to be sort of safe certified because it's a safe shop. So then I, but because I'm on a training team, we're designing learning. It's like, how do you design learning for software implementations? How do you design it to be agile? How do you make sure that you're meeting your audience's needs? So my team and I began to delve into what does it mean to be a part of these scrum teams? Because we were being tagged left and right. Come here, come there. We need you. We need you. But it's like, where do we fit your training? Like, how do you fit into this pie? So we got a reputation of becoming the subject matter experts for any Agile implementation. So hence, I served on many Scrum teams, learned all about Scrum, maintained my certification for Safe for Teams over the years. And that's kind of how I fell into the space. And I love it because what is it that we do? I focus on the people side of any kind of technical technology implementation. What's really cool from an HR perspective, let's talk about processes. Let's talk about HR that's non-traditional. We're focused on, HR doesn't care about technology ever. <laughs> and have a history of being uh, a little bit resistant to any kind of change because the policies are the policies and this is the way we've always done it. So it's been a great challenge to be able to work with several HR teams and preparing them for various system implementations and not so much focus on the technology, but focusing on the people side and introducing agile principles and scrum. Yeah, I love I love your story because, um, and so I'm going to tell the story of how we met. I I remember getting this enthusiastic email from you saying I listened to I think it was the webinar I did for Scrum.org about Scrum for HR, and your your happiness came right through this email, and I was equally excited to be like, oh one, yay, people listen to it, and two, somebody who's actually worked in the profession. Um, who it resonated with. And I remember speaking to you early days about um, your journey and, and, and the stories that you told and saying, you know, there is so much good that we can do with and for others. And that, you know, we talked, I remember about your background as a paralegal and say, you know, a lot of the agile approaches and the intentions behind it really are about limiting risk. 
Um, and from an HR perspective, I think when we can start to speak about ways to help limit risk for the companies, keep us out of litigation by involving more people and also creating that shared ownership, it, it creates a whole new um, strategic and valuable context for the work that we all get to do. So I just, I just remember going very quickly into that space with you in your conversation because you got it. And, and I think what would be neat to, to hear about is, you know, one of the stories you told me, uh, it was with a, a group that you worked with recently, uh, we won't say the company, and how you actually got folks in HR to start using these agile practices um, almost by Jedi mind tricks and, and in a very productive way. So do you mind kind of leaning into that story a little bit and, and how you did it? I think our listeners would love to know, how do you actually make that happen? Uh, it's a little bit, it can be a little bit painful, but it was, it's a challenge. One, um, first things first, and I think it's for everything that we enter into, particularly when you want to introduce a new way of working, because that's how I framed it. This is a new way of working. I try to first seek to, seek to, seek to understand and then be understood. Yes. What's the culture like? Who are the people in the organization? What motivates them? What are their likes and dislikes? And that in itself, when you have a group of people, can be a challenge. But I really was afforded the opportunity to get in and like learn who people were, learn who the members of the team were and what their likes and dislikes. Then look at the organizational culture. Is it hierarchical? Mm -hmm. um, are we working in a matrix environment? Are the leaders involved? Do you have, you know, stakeholder buy-in or is it just something someone says, hey, let's do this? So looking at all of those pieces and really being able to step, take a step back and say, what am I in the middle of and what is it we hope to achieve? And it was really clear for me because that particularly just said, I need this team to understand they need to work faster, smarter, they need to work in a collaborative manner, and they need to be able to change direction. So just because we start off going in one direction, a lot of times, and we know this, you have to shift, you have to be able to pivot on a dime and not be so rigid and attached to those policies and procedures as we tend to be in HR. Yeah, it's interesting to, to the thing you just said about going faster and, and also pivoting. I wonder sometimes, and I, I grew up professionally in a company that we literally, and at the time I, in my twenties, I thought it was a bit frustrating that it felt like every quarter we were changing our direction. Um, now I realize we were incrementally adapting to the reality. Um, and this was in the dot-com era and you had to, right, with technology. But what you just said about understanding people's motivation, but also making it okay to change. I think our profession at times in, in HR, we get a little bit of a, uh, almost a worry that if we don't get it right and perfect out of the gate, that somehow our credibility will be diminished. And I, I wonder if you see these approaches and the work that you do, um, and particularly I know that this project that I'm thinking of is the work that you did with um, new onboarding experiences and creating a more concierge type experience. Um, how did you make it okay for those HR team members that were creating this to to not have to be perfect? How did how did you how did you do that? This is an interesting story. So my very second or third meeting, I went in and I deliberately had a deck. This is how I operate, like looking at people who they are. The deck had typos, it had uh, errors, the images were skewed. on purpose, or were you just going fast? It was really on, I did it on purpose. Okay, because sometimes mine have typos and it's just because I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was deliberate, Beth. So the focus on my, my on, on context, so I spoke and people paid attention. I asked questions. 
and we talked about, and it was introducing the agile methodologies. And then at the end, I said, did anyone notice anything? And people raised their hand. Yeah, you spelled X, Y, Z wrong. You did this. And what does that have to do? And we, we're not allowed to use X, Y, Z. And I said, thank you. And I said, now I have another question. What did you get out of this session? And what did you learn? And just give me one thing. I go around the room and I said, just tell me one thing that you learned. And folks learned. I said, so what did you gain out of this? And it's like, it's okay to make mistakes. How about that? How about that? Point, we were really able to say it doesn't have to be perfect, but you need to add value. You need to deliver a product or service that's going to be important to your customer, whoever that customer is. And in this case, it was onboarding. How do you make the new hire feel welcome to the organization? Does the new hire have to come in and wait two weeks to get their laptop when you knew for a month that the new hire was coming on board? <laughs> Why don't I have a badge? You have to get an escort to go to the bathroom? I mean, these are the kind of things that happen in organizations. You know, and it's, it's so, I, I love that so much because it's, it's, and I jokingly said like a Jedi mind trick. And, and then what I think is very powerful in the work that you do and the work that we get, we all get to do is oftentimes people look at, you know, we're, we're going agile or that, you know, we're going to do this scrum training and people get almost intimidated by it. And also it feels like yet another technique or yet another change being done to them. And what you just described was helping people you, you met them where they were and you helped them learn something by having a shared experience together. And I, I do think that when these changes work well, and we introduce, as you said, these new ways of working, which I, I love, it's about empowering people and also helping them grow and develop and not about fixing them or saying that somehow everything you've done for the past five, 10, 15, 20 years has, is wrong. And, and, and making it okay and safe. And particularly in HR, where we are often, whether it's a huge enterprise like you were working in, or I have a, a, a friend who's a one woman HR team, which isn't a team, it's just she's on her own, making it okay to invite other people in to make the process work. And because who's your, who's your customer, like you said? In, in our case, it's our employees. And everyone's an employee, including the CEO, right? Including everyone who gets paid by that company. And I, I just love how you, you, you thread that together in saying, it's okay if we don't get it right, because we're here with our customers. Right. And we need to make improvements. So, you, you know, Beth, you, you know the story. That was, I was super excited about that. When I, if I say super excited, because like, I've just been super excited about a lot of things. <laughs> So if my energy comes through, that's great, but I was really, really happy because toward the end, I did get to introduce formal scrum. We mm -hmm. split our we're seven, we worked across seven teams and teams started taking on a identity. So we actually had a team who went to be the dog pound, but I won't tell you how they got to the name, but the teams began to give themselves their own identity. They began the daily stand-up. So we started with a weekly stand-up, 15 minutes weekly. Then we went to to twice a week, then we got to three times a week. And by the time I ended with this particular assignment, they were doing daily scrum. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and you did good scrum, right? Because, it, and we just got to spend time. I just got to spend time with um, Dr. Jeff Sutherland and um, I got scrum at scale certified. I don't even know if I told you that. Um, but he talked a lot about let's scale good scrum and let's scale true scrum. And, and let's not rush it. And, and what you just described was, I think sometimes we get caught up in perfection, as I talked about, versus let's start 
experimenting and let's try things because what is that? That's an agile mindset. That's an, that's making it okay to totally have something go sideways. We learn something from it. And I, I wonder that our, our maybe HR colleagues listening, you know, how did, how did you help the team members find courage to shed some of their um, maybe past behaviors um, beyond, you know, I love the PowerPoint story. What else along the way did you notice helped people get comfortable with um, not being perfect? Lots of one-on-one coaching. So Mm -hmm. it was a little bit in the beginning, but as one team member would come, I set up one one, um, one one-on-one coaching sessions and I started with half hour sessions and then we progressed to an hour where we could. Um, but I really went across almost 60 persons doing a one-hour session. So my weeks were really packed with lots of one-on-ones. But when we came together as a team, but, uh, the, what happened in terms of the collaboration was amazing. And then folks want to be special, and that's a very nice thing because I'm meeting you one-on-one. But my message was pretty consistent. I may have had to deliver it differently per individual, but the message was was the same. So when they got together and they collaborated, it's like, oh, Latana, share that we'd be doing X, Y, Z. They get excited. They owned all of the changes to their processes. By the time we get from one stand-up to the next stand-up, it was amazing how, for example, um, Talent had reached out to the security team to figure out a way to, at least if we couldn't automate it, was there a way legally to ask a new hire to send their photo ahead of time? Because mm. they sent passport requirements and security ran with it. They handled all the legal ramifications. They drafted the uh, email that would go over to the concierge so the concierge could send out to their new hire. They created an inbox. There was no funding for this. So it was a great idea. How do you make it happen? And mm. what was amazing, I think security, in corporate America, security tends to be ex-AFBI, CIA, police officers, this type of mentality, not necessarily interested in technology, barely using their email. And I've seen this across the board. So, But to see these guys own, own this process was amazing. And so he said, how soon can you get this back? So we started with a 48-hour turnaround. And by the time we went to pilot, they were like, oh, we could do this in 24 hours. That's amazing. As long as- the new hire sent the photo in. We guarantee that when you walk in the door and go to the desk, your badge would be there, no matter where you were in the continental United States. What you just described to me, so I have goosebumps. And, 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 and one, you said something about enthusiasm. Keep it coming because I have so much passion, as you know, and our listeners know. And I, uh, Chad Beyer, who was on uh, previously, you know, I gave him the same credit to say the passion is so important. Um, I think, one, I want to help just keep claiming that because that's what we need. We need people who are, who are passionate to, to help um, do what you just said, which is create inclusion, um, involve others in creating together, um, showing respect um, for people, you know, because there could be this assumption, well, you know, that's security. They won't be interested or, you know, we don't, we don't really work with them that well. And what you just described was bridge building and true cross-functional teaming, and they probably, I, I bet if I would meet any of them, they would say they felt respected, they felt um, included, they felt part of something, and isn't that what our profession is for? Whether we are training, whether we are HR technology, whether we're recruitment, I, I used to say to people, like, you know, join this profession because you actually like people, and it always blows my mind for how many 
of us in HR don't actually like people that much. And, and <laughs> some will say, well, it's because I've had these experiences where it's not easy to work with people. I, I do wonder, my working theory for the last several years is if we start to involve our customers in our work, like you did, I wonder if people start to enjoy work more. And I wonder if we all can be the catalyst for creating these amazing workplaces and remember why we got into this profession in the first place. So maybe that's too, too altruistic for some of our listeners, but I, I believe it in my heart because, you know, we, we all spend a lot of time at work. And if we can do things like simply inviting a security officer to join our team, to think with us, um, what good can that do in the world? So sorry for my soapbox, but it, it, no, you, touched, you touched my heart with that one. <laughs> I have throughout that entire uh, 11, 11 months and two weeks <laughs> from walking into what I felt like was complete chaos going, here's, the, here's this project, do something with it. And by the way, we have to be agile. It's like, well, what does, I asked the question, what does that mean? Well, we, yeah, you, you know we have to. Well, how about that? Where did, so was that, a, you said earlier, that was the organization saying, you know, we have to. I'm sure folks were intimidated by that. You know, because what if we screw it up, Latanya? What if we get it wrong? You know, what, are we going to get in trouble? And that was a big one. And that started with that PowerPoint presentation. There are no wrong answers. And I, from a training perspective, we always say there are no wrong answers, no wrong questions. And really, I had to sell that. But I did. I have to commend the leadership because of anything that I said or presented, I was really felt 200% supported by the leaders. So what is agile? Forget agile, forget the terminology because folks get caught up in software centric terms. So those were banned. So there was a lot of discussion. They hated pivot because pivot is one of my favorite words. And Beth, you know, I'm training us. Good word. And valuable, <laughs> you know, operational and timely. So pivot is one of my favorite words. They're like, oh, here she comes again with pivot. And I said, well, we can abandon things like, um, daily, I didn't use daily standups and we're just going to have a quick meeting. Mm -hmm. I didn't another term we had our scrum master we didn't have a scrum master we just had Latanya. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's mm -hmm. abandon all the terms and terminology we didn't get caught up in who's a product owner and what it, i didn't do any of that i introduced all the terms over time yeah during communications like okay now let's talk about what this role is and this is what a scrum master do can anyone say sir well, who's a scrum master for you and what do you think your role is well, I lead my team. I think you're the scrum master, Tanya, because you bring us together every. So it went that way. Yeah. It was time consuming, but we got there. And I am really happy. I'm just in my last communications with one of the managers. She's like, my, these daily stand ups are amazing. Yeah. And, and why, right? You get, you get transparency, you get people to focus. Um, it's to me, what's interesting listening to you talk, it, it reconnects me to you know, and I want to ask some questions about, you know, the leadership team. It's, you know, for, for the 20 some years that I have been in, in HR and people development, it has been a consistent theme of, um, we have to be more strategic. We, we want to be more aligned to the business. Let's, let's elevate ourselves. Um, when I started to learn about agile mindsets, methodologies, scrum, I had had some experiences working early in my career that felt familiar to that. And then we got away from it for all kinds of good reasons. And, and what, I, what I am connecting back to listening to you talk is this idea of we can 
uh, collaborate. We can change. We can do good with and for others. And to make it okay to elevate our game without doing these huge implementations, right, as, as we've talked, or these, these big bang initiatives, what you just described was a slow and steady build towards highly strategic work and, and creating transparency for leadership, empowering people, creating a good experience for new hires. All of a sudden, I don't know, to me, that feels pretty darn strategic. And that feels like elevating as opposed to traditionally, which is what, well, that's their job. And I wish it was better, but I, there's nothing I can do. This is strategic HR to me. I don't know how that sits with you, but this feels strategic. I, it was very strategic. And at, for me, at the end of the day, I reported into, well, it wasn't me, but I would give to the vice president um, updates. And for me, the updates were monthly. He's like, you accomplished all this. The team did X, Y, Z. And it's like, yes. And there were things that didn't work. It was okay. It's like, God, oh, that didn't work last month. Let's do something else. How about something that worked yesterday? We had a um, offshore team supporting one of the processes. He's like, oh, you have this at 12 o'clock. We can't do this at 12 o'clock because in the Philippines, we're off work. Ah, now we know, right? Deal in your reality and make a change. That's, that's, and it's so, it's so funny, right? It's, it's some, some people would look at that and say like, oh, how could we be so, so stupid to not catch that? And instead, what it sounds like you helped instill was this, oh, darn, that wasn't our intention. Like clearly a mistake. Now that we know that, what can we do different? And nobody got, I bet you nobody got in trouble for that mistake. I bet you nobody got fired for it. The process changed at the next meeting, the next yeah. day. So if that was on a Monday, we had the conversation. It's like, what's the solution going to be on Tuesday? And Wednesday it was done. How about that? And know that if we were not working with a change mindset, that would have never happened. We would have had to jump through hoops. You would have got manager approval and go through here and make sure it was all right. None of that happened. It yeah. was done. Yeah. How did you, um, I, I'm curious because, you know, I've, I've had some, some folks reach out and say, you know, we'd like to try this. Um, how did, how do we get started? Um, and, and can we start from HR? Um, I, I did a class recently where one of the participants, uh, her company was not, um, not using any real methodologies, whether Scrum, uh, Kanban, even lean principles, they, um, they're in high cost, uh, pharmaceutical uh, fulfillment. And, and yet she caught this on her heart to say, this feels like a better way to work. Um, what advice would you give to her or anyone listening, particularly those who are in maybe HR roles to say, how, how do you get started uh, with bringing these new ways of working forward? Pick a, pick a project. Pick, pick a project. You know how about that? Pick, pick some small thing that you see as an improvement that you recruit two or three people, because it doesn't have to be a big change, right? Mm. Get two or three people, hey, we have to change this. Let's, let's pilot this. You, and you don't need permission. And we, we know the rules. Sometimes it's better to just do things and ask for forgiveness later. But in this case, pick something small that needs to change that can be improved and just do it. About that. And set the formalities. It will come together if you want to expand. But just make a change. Figure out how often you need to meet to make that change. A small project. What can we change in two or three weeks? It doesn't have to be. See, I love that. And, and, and what you just said, and, and maybe we'll, we'll start to wrap up a little bit on, on that uh, wisdom because agile is in the small, right? And it's, it's, it's in the small, 
and, and scaling something that um, is good and virtuous comes from those small, I say, uh, fire starters, you know, people who light the fires um, to just do it. And you don't have to, as you said, you don't have to declare it. You don't often have to ask permission. You can make it very easy for people to say, could we, let's try something different and see what happens. And as leaders uh, at, at any level, right? Anyone leading a project, you have the opportunity to make it okay for people to try new things because isn't that how we all got to today is we've, we've tried new things along our journey. Absolutely. Uh, Latanya, I, I think there's a lot more to talk about. One thing that, that my biggest takeaway in getting to know you is that there are not just people who believe that this will work. There are folks like you who have proven that this works and that it can do so much good for other people. So I, I one say thank you for having courage and then would also say keep doing more. And hopefully we will um, have you back to have more conversations about ways to bring these great ways of work forward for, for our colleagues in HR, but really anyone in the world. Beth, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Until next time.